Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo podcast. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Obviously. And what else is there to talk about? That's it, really, isn't it? I don't that's know. it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, we talk about lockdown for 30 minutes. Enjoy, guys. Yeah, enjoy. But before our conversation, here is a short safety message. This is a vital update about coronavirus. To help save lives, stay at home. Anyone can spread coronavirus. Only leave your home for the following reasons to shop for basic necessities, to pick up medicine, to travel to work if you absolutely cannot work from home, to provide care to those who need it, or to exercise. Always stay two meters apart. Do not meet others outside your household, even friends and family. Stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. We've got our own microphones this time. How exciting. It feels very strange to sit opposite each other. <laughs> <I don't like laughs> it's weird. <laughs> it's like a real conversation, but sort of different. Like an interview. Oh, is that why it feels weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like I could have sat next to you, maybe. That might have been. You could have done. This is funny. Mm. <laughs> so, um, what have we been doing recently? Not much, really. 
Um, I think we've had seven, eight weeks. I don't know. A long time. <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> I feel like a it year was. Or two. Was it the start of March? I don't know. You went off before me. Yeah, I think I've had two two extra weeks. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely been. It's definitely been over two months. Um, I think we we keep on saying we're going to sit down and, and record a podcast and <laughs> talk about what's going on and just gradually it's disappeared because we're around each other all the time <laughs> and keep on thinking, oh, we can sit down anywhere and, and have a chat and they just haven't got round to it. And then today was actually a day when you got to go outside. Well, I sat inside and looked out the window. <laughs> um, what is it like outside? Sunny. Uh, it's day I went outside. I only went to work and back again. Yeah, still, that's a lot further <laughs> than I've got to go. But I think it feels really strange now, like the idea of going to work. I don't know if it's different because you've had a couple of the days where you've got to leave the house and go into, but just kind of leaving the house to go to work and that whole routine and it just feels very strange now yeah i suppose because i'm a key worker dear listeners so there's always the option that i'll need to go to work i don't know didn't feel that odd this morning i suppose you haven't been in work for much longer than i have yeah i don't know i think because like that first i think the first week i was off was before the lockdown because I can work remotely so that initial period like you can do that it doesn't feel completely strange to not be going into work and to work from home and that wasn't completely strange at the beginning it's gradually got weird now because it's like all the time but I suppose you there's a real limit on what you can do from home so it's not yes there is I'm a teacher, by the way, everybody. <laughs> As he didn't tell you. I'll tell you. Tell us what you do. I'm a teacher. What sort of teacher? I'm a primary school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we've had conversations as well about a few different things during the lockdown. And I guess we can chat We have through. had one or two conversations. Yeah, yeah one or two. One or two. Um, but one of the things that we've spoken about quite a few times is the, like, the, the clapping um and our thoughts on that um i don't know if you want to give a little bit of an insight really <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's a weird thing isn't it when we've spoken about it i think it's it's really good to show that support um and encouragement for people that are key workers um but it can be really difficult when you know that people are potentially struggling in those jobs and being really put under pressure um and yet they're they're not kind of paid or supported with equipment and i think we've spoken about similar things before with teaching where you have to buy your own equipment sometimes and the extra work that you need to do outside of that time um i think it's really important that we do remember um that some of these people are going to continue to struggle in their jobs after we're all back and working yes. that that kind of exhaustion and expectation will 
um, continue even though the attention will move elsewhere so I think that's been one of our our interesting conversations about mm. our hope for continued support after this yes it's just the worry that the clapping will replace either holding those in power to account of what they've failed to do and are failing to do or won't support NHS and other key workers loads of other it's not just NHS all the key workers like myself and uh the bin men and shop workers that um people will ignore social distancing rules it's okay i clapped on thursday or they won't then go out and vote in the next general election or uh, yeah yeah i think it's we say it's great to see that support oh in yeah the short term. If you want to. absolutely yeah um but just kind but. of recognizing yeah that that has um a, a limit on terms of the impact and i think yeah. i said to you the other week there was a really nice um tweet that i saw when there was the the minutes silence i think last weekend um and the guy said i'm gonna i'm gonna be silent for the minute and i'm gonna think about um all the great work that's happening and he said but for the rest of the day i'm going to spend my time thinking about how this area is underfunded and under supported and kind of i'm going to engage with this support but i'm not going to ignore the the inequality yeah. or lack of support as long as the they then the did something about it rather than just yeah. thinking about it yeah <laughs> i'm going to think about how people are disadvantaged <laughs> when actually doing it um and then one of the other conversations I know we've had is kind of how it's affected us over the last, I don't know, eight or however many weeks. I feel like it's more than eight weeks now. Um, and I think we particularly had the conversation about going outside and going for walks and things like that. And mm. I've really struggled with with that. Um, and I think we are probably going out a maximum of twice a week at the moment. Um, and I ju- yeah, I just I struggle to. I'm starting to get a bit more used to it now because there's a level of acceptance. I think over we're going to come out of lockdown too too early, and we that's going to be sooner rather than later. Um, but I do still struggle with the idea of going outside when it's like a national and global crisis. It's a virus that spreads and um we're very we're really fortunate we've got a house we've got a garden we've got space so if um if i had the motivation to (laughs) i could (laughs) i can (laughs) i can exercise at home i can go outside i don't need to to go for a walk and to walk around and to potentially interact or come across other people um but then the impact that has on you kind of mentally in the way that you live is really difficult because yes. i've just jumped to that kind of this is a a, a, a global crisis <laughs> and we need to be in lockdown for <laughs> however long and i think that's hard because whether whether i feel like that is where we are or not that is not the way that we have been instructed to live and it's not the way that people are living so i think it is a bit of a hard balance i don't know what it's been like kind of on the other side of that um, well, we just talked about there's a difference between what you should do and what you need to do. So if we do go for a walk, 
I mean, it's lucky we live in quite a quiet area. Mm. The village we live in is fairly quiet. The pavements are quite wide. There's not, well, at the moment there's not much traffic at all, but there is rarely any traffic anyway. So even if we do go out, we're not coming across, it's not like we live in the middle of a city or a town. Mm. And we're going out in the evenings when there are fewer people anyway. So we're being sensible with what we do, but knowing that we do need to go for a walk. And we're only walking once a week. Yeah. Twice. At the maximum. Yeah. So it's just getting a balance, isn't it, I think? I think so. Shouldn't need. Yeah. And I think having that thought process that in um like three or six weeks or however long, mm. potentially we are gonna be encouraged to have forms of going back to work or going out and um yeah. going to places. I, theoretically we should at the moment, I guess, still be keeping that our distance, although I've seen a few things that have said that might be dropped um and it'll just be expected that you have some level of protective clothing on um now yeah i mean some people have got that but most of us don't um so i'm not really sure i think it's i feel like i'm consciously aware that it's economy before health Mm. and then you're kind of left to your own judgments as to Mm. what you do i think i don't know i find that quite difficult because of the way my mind mind works but for those people that maybe particularly worry about um kind of cleanliness and interacting with other people it can be a really difficult time to not know exactly what you should be doing and what you can and can't do yeah yeah that must be really hard um i think for us that you've been you've been doing our shopping trips so you know a little bit more of what it's been like in the outside world but also interacting with people where they maybe don't always observe yeah those distances and potentially that's more of what we're going to have if people are told you should be going back to some form of work or school or spending money in social places to keep those businesses going we're going to have more of those examples where there are rules and you're encouraged to follow them but some people won't yeah and some people will stick want to stick to the two meters as maybe we all should be mm. and some people will hear that advice and well they'll listen to that advice and what they'll hear is you don't have to worry anymore you don't have to back to normal i mean there's already you know in the supermarket it's hard keeping two distance because it's not just like it's two meters in front of you it's two meter like radius around you that's quite tricky but some people are particularly thoughtless sometimes mm. and it is it is a challenge isn't it it's that i remember when i um started to learn to drive and it was like you can only control the environment so much because you can control what you're doing but you've got no idea what someone else is doing what their expectation is of how they drive and how they interact with the road and do they see a speed limit as a target and (laughs) you just you don't know how other people are working on that um and that can be really difficult how do you feel like over the last however many weeks like what's it been like for you and your well-being because we i think we've talked a few times about how i've struggled with certain things or or found some things a bit easier but how have you found 
like this period of changed working and living. Right. I've got my gardening. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a new well-being tool for you. Oh, I love gardening now. <laughs> I say I'm turning into an old woman. That happened a long time ago. <laughs> I'm turning into my mum again. Happened a long time ago, and I'm fine with it. Um, and actually, gardening is a really good thing because we all know gardening is good for your mental health, and it is used as a therapy tool for people with extreme mental health illnesses. Mm. Often, it has been used. I've come across that before, so it is really a form of therapy to dig and get in the dirt and, and stuff. Um, so I've really enjoyed that and it's very satisfying because you can see, you you can create little mini achievements when you've been outside. So I found that quite good. Um, I think we've gone through peaks and troughs of emotional well-being with the lockdown. I know... I had a week where I wasn't okay. We had a, a death in my family, so that's been really a very sudden death. That's been incredibly difficult to navigate because I can't do all the things I would normally do mm. to grieve and and things. Um, so that was really hard, made harder by the quarantine. But um, just sort of talk about it and it's all right really Mm. you know i think the idea the sort of the cliche quote we're all in the same boat is an incredibly unhelpful thing to say because we're absolutely not in the same Mm. boat um it's been on the rounds i think on social media but i'll say anyway we're all in the same storm but we're in different boats Mm. some people are i think we're doing quite well we haven't got any elderly relatives to worry about. We're, we haven't got children to think about or anybody in the household that's vulnerable. No, mm. Neither of us have got autoimmune diseases or any health complications. So we're generally getting a bit frustrated, but that's the worst of it. Some people are stuck in a horrific situation of being stuck in an environment of abuse or violence or malnutrition or... Um, they haven't got any green space or outside space at all or you know whatever um, so to say it's alright because we're all in the same boat we're all in it together is just really unhelpful and I think quite insensitive and mm. I'd imagine said by people who are having quite an easy ride of it mm. like us who are just getting mm. a bit frustrated those those people who are who haven't got food in the house or mm. I think are less quick to say something like that mm. but um I think we're we're doing all right. Yeah, I I think um, I've always thought of it as very much as we've we've been inconvenienced. Yes. And 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 that's it really. Yes. Um, yeah, we've had to work slightly differently and shop slightly differently, um, but we are still working and we are still shopping and um, the the level of impact really is just uncomparable like you say to some of Mm. those situations where people were in potentially really difficult uh, and really 
yeah, just really difficult situations before the lockdown, and now there is no escape from them. And I think, yeah, um, we've talked before about that the, the escape of groups, of places like churches, or mm. of sports clubs, and, and different places that people can go to to have that, yeah. um, different social setting, a different group of people, that support network, and to now potentially not have access to those um people and those groups and settings just removes kind of almost everything for that person yeah um and i think while i've seen a couple of days when um domestic violence and stuff seems to get a bit of attention and a bit of support is kind of pushed that way it seems very sparing it doesn't Mm. really seem to be represented in the way that it you feel it should be um there seems to be a lot more focus on other things that are kind of we already have a level of consciousness and awareness of and actually it's an area of it should be an area of focus potentially that's just being missed out altogether Mm. um yes (laughs) we haven't done anything what are we going to talk about yeah i think uh one thing that I thought uh, would be interesting just to just touch on in terms of like a support system um, is like video calling and stuff like that because that seems to have grown like a huge, huge amount. And I know mm. I'm using it loads for work. And it was funny the other day because I said to someone, I'm using it loads. I've used it all for work. I don't think I've made a personal. Yeah, you have. Have I? Yeah. Oh, with Paul. Brilliant. There we go. If you're listening, Paul, I'm so sorry. <laughs> He has forgotten talking to you. Playing a board like, game with like you. Two, for two or three hours. Three hours. Okay, I've made one. <laughs> um, oh, Paul. I think, yeah, I've very much used it for work, <laughs> apart from that one occasion. Um, so, although I have used it a little bit, uh, it's been much more a tool that you've kind of used and interacted with. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it is something that everyone seems to have kind of jumped on at the moment that's a really useful tool i do wonder whether that will continue to be used in the future i think it should be um and we've talked about kind of actually it gives us an opportunity to talk to people that are further away and interact with them when we maybe wouldn't have as much before mm-hmm. but i don't know like what has it meant to you to have that opportunity to kind of talk and see people that we just wouldn't be able to well it means we i can still have church i can still have my bible group and have those anchor points of my week as well, Wednesday night, Sunday morning. Um, where church isn't church, we do church at home on our own, and then we have Hubbard's tent, we have a Zoom chat with everybody for coffee. There's about 40 people, I suppose, on mm. that, um, which is great. Oh, it just means those networks wouldn't be there oh you wouldn't get to see any of those people um so it just keeps you kind of kind of plugged in i suppose to each other which is really important particularly where my house group which is my wednesday night bible group is more of a well they're my very good friends now and it's more of a support group at the moment it always is a support group but right now that's what you know that's what Mm. we're there for for one another 
um, because some of us are having a tough time, some of us aren't so bad, you know, and we're there for one another. So without the ability to do that, that would be really hard. And equally with family, you know, making video calls to my niece and stuff, that's been really nice. Mm. So, yeah. I think it's another one of those when sort of reminded that there are some people we make the assumption these are generally older people but it's not necessarily the case that just don't have access or can't use the internet as well and again um i don't know i remember is it three years ago or however long ago they did like the barclays skills for life and stuff and trying to encourage everyone to upskill themselves mm. i'm like yeah that's great but some people just don't have access to the internet and i think yeah. um it's remembering that and hoping that there's support for for those people as well um and encouraging people to to know how to use these tools when we can't go around and sort of show people yeah we've been pretty good we've been ringing around people at church to help particularly the elderly people who struggle and they've been managing to get on zoom and then he it's not well it probably isn't solely the elderly but I'd imagine they are the biggest demographic mm. of people. If they can't get on, then the pastoral team are really good at ringing round. But some people get phone calls every other day and food parcels and all sorts of things to make sure that they're not left behind really and forgotten. Mm. Or they're not, but make sure they're not feeling left behind or forgotten, mm. that's for sure. Mm. Um, I know the local mosque... I've got some friends there and they're doing, because obviously it's Ramadan at the moment, oh. and um, which is a really difficult time for the Muslim community because that's, a, I mean, it's a hugely important month for Muslims and they break their fast every evening together with a, a meal with either families or I've been to the mosque with them for the breaking of the fast they have this huge meal so great and that's obviously none of that is happening Mm. at all and they're so community orientated so um they the our local mosque community they're doing an art creative art thing they send out on a monday a theme and then people can do any a poem, a drawing, a painting, or whatever, and then send it in, and then they create a little, like, col- um, what's it called, a montage video of everybody's oh, okay. contributions, and put it on their YouTube channel so everybody mm. can see um, all the artwork and all the things that the community have put together, just as a way of trying to keep keep that community feeling while they can't meet physically, which is really hard for them all, mm. particularly, I think during ramadan which is such an important time for them as a community so there's ways around it it's not the same yeah obviously and nobody mm. would replace me think no let's not do church this week we'll do it on zoom instead that's yeah. ne- it's not going to happen but it has made people think about well how do we make sure that we don't lose what technology brings us the benefits of people that if they can't get on a Sunday, particularly mm. families and parents, it's quite hard to get up and out on a Sunday morning. And if they can't, then can we live stream services instead or can we use the technology that we've 
found and mm. are now becoming more proficient in to allow access for people, particularly either families or if there's somebody, say, with mental health needs who mm. that morning just can't get out of bed mm. or they, they, for one reason or another, they can't get to church, then they could watch it instead mm. at, in the safety of their own home. You know, it's it's thinking about actually there are great benefits of using this technology at the moment and actually there are ways that that could enhance normality mm. and our normal community feeling yeah yeah i think that's a, it's it's seeing how something that's maybe required at the moment yeah can continue to be used so, so yeah. you, you're not spending time and potentially money on resources that are going to be not useful in three months time yeah um and i think it is interesting to consider those people that actually after this is over are still not going to be able to to like you say to attend church or to attend certain groups or events and how can we make with small adaptations that more accessible to them i think i would imagine no one is thinking i can watch this online and that is going to somehow be equivalent to Mm, attending um but it is so much more than than not being involved at all um and yeah, I think it's it's also interesting to see how that makes certain things maybe appeal differently to people or, or make mm. it feel accessible. Like I know, I think I've watched some of the, um, like the Harbour Church near us, I've watched some of their stuff on Facebook. Now, I wouldn't have been to a service. Yeah. And you didn't burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... I think because that felt accessible and I could watch 10 minutes and then leave if I wanted to, yeah. whereas I wouldn't feel well, I could walk into a service and go, actually, no, this isn't for me and yeah. walk out. Um, so I think it will be interesting to see whether, like you say, if that this kind of interactive digital support remains, mm. does that lead to some groups and some events becoming much larger um, in terms of their attendance and their support? Yeah. membership i suppose well i know that um the easter service the portsmouth easter service the main easter service that was on zoom was seen by either at live or well it was on facebook live or people watched it afterwards but i, I can't i don't know the figures but a no- way higher by way more people mm. <laughs> then went to their service last year. Okay. It was at least double the amount of people mm. who watched it online. Now, that's yeah. because the people who attended last year, this year we have to watch it online. That's mm. a, if we want to, that's a necessity now. But then there's obviously an, a much wider audience who are watching it, like yourself, yeah. who wouldn't have gone, but because it's there on a flip of a button and you can turn off at any point, mm. they suddenly are. So, which is, yeah... Hmm. It is interesting. Yeah, I think I'm hoping that, like you say, the the tools that we're becoming aware of and the the activities that we're, I say we the activities like garden that you've picked up <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are things that we can kind of recognise and continue to do after this is over. And I think we've yeah. mentioned just being considerate of the time that we spend on certain things as well. Like 
in the times that we've had where we're both working at home being able to stop at lunchtime and sit down Mm. together outside now we obviously don't have the expectation we're going to be able to do that in the future but kind of making time to actually just sit down and chat and not have Mm. things to do is a really important thing I think for us to have and to be mindful that maybe that's not going to happen every day but we are going to make time for that I think um are there certain things that you're hoping kind of continue or that we start to do in the future? Are there? Yeah, that was a question. Yeah. Oh, I thought oh, yeah. you said there are certain things. No, I things. was asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose prioritising time. Just when there's less to do, you kind of... We can't do loads of other things, so sitting in the garden chilling out at lunchtime is a highlight of the day or mm. reading a book mm. and actually those things are we are it's a luxury that we can do those things yeah we're very we're very very blessed that we can mm. we're very lucky and fortunate um and i suppose took it for granted perhaps before I could sit and read a book I would never sit just sit and read a book in the middle of the day because I can I've got places to go or I need to do this job and this job and this job actually that's um when other things are taken away what you're left with is what really matters perhaps oh (laughs) oh I feel like we should finish on a mindful note so profound (laughs) so wisdomous wisdomous oh I've ruined it Oh no. <laughs> um, Although I would say at the moment, for a lot of people, what's been taken away are the things that matter. Mm. So that shouldn't be said lightly mm. that what's left is what matters. Because actually, for a lot of people, what matters has been yeah. taken from them. So yeah. be mindful of that as well. I think we are going to get interrupted by a cat in a, pl- <laughs> in a paper bag. <laughs> 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 too big for it no <laughs> three times too big for it I don't know what you're trying to do um, but yeah um, we've got distracted now by the cat I feel like that was a worse ending you could have that finished was worse it than wisdom on us. my yes a cat and a actually no a cat and a paper bag is cute <laughs> you should have left it there oh dear um, yeah I think there's <laughs> other things we could touch on but we'll maybe save them for possibly a, a, another another, one. another we're still here Not we still haven't done anything <laughs> that'll be a short one <laughs> yeah Go on. we're still here yeah um yeah, it feels weird to not have stuff to like plug and things at the end. Like I'm always like, oh, have you got a book and stuff? It's it's weird not to have to do that. Well, um, I have. No, I haven't. Oh. No. Is there any that you would like to mention <laughs> that you have read, given that you've, you're recently reading books? I'm recently reading books. I'm nearly finished the Narnia Chronicles. That was my New Year's resolution, mm. which I've kept to. I have, because I've nearly finished oh, reading yes. them. It was my resolution to read the Narnia Chronicles. Oh. I'm on the last book. Very exciting. Who'd have thought you'd have almost finished them at the beginning of May? All right. <laughs> no, but like, can you imagine that New Year thinking, I'm going to read all of those books and I'll do it by May? <laughs> oh, is he? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant I'd taken ages. No, <laughs> just imagine saying that, I'm going to read all those books <laughs> by May. Like, okay. All right. Um, yeah, and that, oh, we had our little 
um, internet search, didn't we, for the Narnia films and the story oh, yeah. behind the extra film that That's never was. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm reading a very good book at the moment called The Possibility of Difference. Mm. Yes, is that this book's called? Mm. Yes. <laughs> Every moment then. Of um, biblical inclusivity, which is about um, being inclusive of the LGBT community and what the Bible says about that which is that you should be and it's a brilliant brilliant book mm. I like it that can be our, our signposting at the end yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, so I think yeah we'll finish on this has been very wisdomous I've been very wisdomous <laughs> you're welcome Jordan <laughs> These are not real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told her everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.